0: In one of my favorite novels, a woman who works in a women's prison has the line, I don't know if I believe in God, but I believe in the devil because I have met him. I don't know if I have met the devil in my life. Some of you may have experiences that feel like you did, but I have certainly met demons and my demons I don't mean the things that whose masks we wear on Halloween or you know little tiny imps with black fur and horns and cloven feet I mean the persistent voices who lie the persistent voices who want me to believe that I am not worthy that I am not lovable that I am not who God says I am. Tell the truth and shame the devil is an old saying, and I think it's a true one, because what it implies is that truth is not the devil's currency or demon's currency or the currency of temptations. Truth belongs to God. And... I think what we see in this story, although Jesus has three temptations, I think they all come down to one central one. And I think it is the one central temptation that we still carry today, which is the temptation to find our identity in something or someone other than the God who loves us, who claims us, who knows us, who created us and called us good. Jesus starts this story, it tells us, full of the Holy Spirit. Now, he is full of the Holy Spirit because he's just been baptized. That's where he's come. He said, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he's just been baptized in the Jordan River. And... It says, when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This has just been told to Jesus. He has just had that that literal voice from the heavens moment. He's been told, he's been told by God, you are my son, you are my beloved, with you I am well pleased. And he goes straight from that to the wilderness. So I think the first thing this tells us is that Baptism or finding our identity in God or hearing God's voice in our lives does not shield us from these wilderness wanderings. It doesn't protect us from hard times when we will feel alone and lost. And then these three temptations are brought to him and i think as i said i think the temptation is all of them is to distrust or forget that voice of god that just recently just yesterday said you are my son you are my beloved with you i am well pleased and to turn instead to power to money to showing off, to glory, to amazing tricks that'll please the crowd in order to reassure ourselves that we are loved, that we do belong, that we have an identity. Because that is what we need as humans on the deepest level. We need to know that we belong. That's why solitary confinement is considered torture. We need to know that we are loved. That's why um, kids who don't receive, when we are kids, if we don't receive positive attention, we'll take negative attention over being ignored. We will take being yelled at over silence if we don't get words of affirmation. We need to know that we matter. We need to know that we are seen. And so Jesus has been given this, and yet he goes into the desert And what is offered him is the temptation to say, yeah, I know God said that, but you could have this. What if it's not really true what God said? Or if you are the son of God, shouldn't you test it? Like, shouldn't you check it out? Shouldn't you make sure, shouldn't you make sure that God is trustworthy? And whether we are tempted by big salaries or extramarital affairs or um, positions that give us wealth, if not joy. Whether we are tempted by um, being the person on whom everyone relies, or whether we are tempted by needing to make everyone else take care of us to make sure that we are loved. Whatever our temptation, it always goes back to the heart of this, this question of, am I God's child? Am I God's beloved? Is God well pleased with me? Because that takes trust. It takes a lot of trust to lean into that promise. It takes a lot of trust to keep turning back to that story. So what does Jesus do? Jesus, now it can sound like Jesus just kind of breezes through this, right? Like the devil says, here, you can have this. And Jesus comes back quick as a Sunday school star with a quote from scripture, just like that. But, the but this scripture does tell us that for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. It's not temptation if you don't want it. So Jesus wants these things. Jesus is having a fully human moment of saying, oh, can I, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. And how does Jesus do it? he quotes scripture. So for me, this means that Jesus is not trying to resist these temptations on under his own steam. He's not relying on his own willpower. He is reaching back into his heritage, right? This is a Jewish person who was brought up in the synagogue, learning scripture at Mary's knee, He is a Jew who is reaching back into Jewish scripture, specifically Deuteronomy, to say, I say no to this temptation, and I turn to this story instead. I say no to your story, devil. I say no to the story of um, how these riches and sparkling things are going to help me feel more loved, and I'm going to choose instead the story of my people. And when he quotes Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is one long speech from Moses. So Jesus is specifically choosing scripture from the central teaching of his faith. And in doing so, he is calling on the memory of all the ancestors in faith, of the great cloud of witnesses who have followed and believed and lived this faith and passed it on to generations. So although Jesus might be on his own in the desert, he's not on his own when he says no, because he's leaning into this central story of a God who so loved this ragtag, bobtail bunch of people that God called them out of slavery in Israel into freedom and justice and the promised land. That is what Jesus is leaning into. So, friends... The truth is that we are God's beloved children. We are those in whom God takes great delight. And we practice remembering this. We will practice when we come to this table for the meal of communion and remember the one who loves us. We practice by praying at home with others or alone, even if we feel we're just mouthing the words, so that we keep hearing this story of love, of a God who cannot help God's self, but to keep reaching for us. Our demons are alive and well, and they will speak in language that that sounds right, and sometimes will go, for the riches, for the crowds. Sometimes we will throw ourselves off the temple to say, God, catch! And yet, we are never doing this alone. So when we find ourselves in times of darkness or despair or loneliness, when we are tired and hungry in soul or body, when we are saying, I can't do this on my own, We never have to, we never have to, because this story we hear every week is a story that promises that you and I, no matter how we are, no matter who we are, no matter what we bring, are God's beloved children in whom God is so pleased. Amen.